Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. It was about six years ago that I originally messaged Paul Ruggieri, seeing if he wanted to share his story about being a gay athlete with Team USA and gymnastics. And at the time, he wasn't quite ready. Well, a few weeks ago, I messaged him again, and he's ready. And the thing that I'm most interested in talking to Paul about was life after elite athletics, something we don't talk about enough, the struggle that so many athletes experience after they retire from elite or pro sports and the void that that leaves. And in Paul's case, he had in 2016 aimed for the Olympic Games. He thought he earned a spot on Team USA, at least as an alternate, and he didn't get it. And that really left a huge void in his life. Uh, plus, we talk about being gay, uh, be, he was married for a time, and where he wants to take his life going forward. He's living in upstate New York, in Syracuse. He's going to nursing school. And it was just a, a really wonderful breath of fresh air to talk to Paul. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with former Team USA gymnast, Paul Ruggieri. I'm here with Paul Ruggieri, who's in Syracuse, New York. And Paul, I, I recently saw a, a, a social media post from you that kind of triggered this conversation. And you said something about, you know, looking for a fresh start um, on life. And, and I wanted to have you on and talk about what, what you meant by that and what that looks like for you right now. Sure. Well, um, Sid, thank you for having me. Um, and definitely... You know, I think that not just myself, um, but a lot of people in our country, in our community, um, you know, working in sports, working in fitness, um, you know, have had, you know, a particularly difficult time with COVID and the shutdown, you know, whether they own a gym, like I was running a gym um, or doing something that was, you know, shut down during this whole process and, and COVID um, procedure. Um, but my post, you know, I, I posted it. Now, obviously, there's been, it's been a very tumultuous time in my life. Um, you know, I had gotten, uh, I had moved to New York City, I had opened a gym, I had gotten married, um, I had rapidly changed my life um, after sport. And um, looking back, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I always tell people this, you know, in 2015, when I was recognizing that my gymnastics career was going to end, I did try to come up with a bunch of different plans, you know, so I thought about nursing school, I thought about PA school. Um, I thought about going to med school or the circus. And what I ended up coming to the conclusion um, to was PA school was going to be pretty difficult for me to just get in because my grades were a little bit borderline um, and there was this nursing option and I actually ended up taking a class um, and it was something I never had to take before um, in college. It was like a, a very basic 
psychology class. Um, and in the class, I did, I wrote a paper about retirement and professional athletes. So obviously I'm not an NBA player. I'm not in the NHL or anything like that, but you know, I was trying to go to the Olympics and I was surrounded by some pretty big, you know, gymnastics figures my entire life. And so for me, that was, you know, a parallel enough. And so I studied and I wrote this paper about depression in athletes um, and, and after their, their careers and their lives, excuse me, and how it kind of consumes a lot of athletes when they retire. Um, and I, I knew it was coming, um, but you know, when I did not make the Olympics in 2016, I kind of started making decisions very quickly. Um, and I gave a lot of other people in my life control. I never took the time that I needed to identify my own personal goals. You know, my whole life, I've been goal oriented. So I never, I kind of departed from who Paul Ruggieri was, from who I am in 2016 and um i abandoned you know my previous goals of wanting to go to nursing school or pa school or medical school and i just did what was easy you know i got a job in the gymnastics community i hated it um i opened a gym in new york city that was a gym a gymnastics school it definitely was not my thing um and you know it's interesting just how COVID happened, you know, right at that moment where I was kind of drowning on numerous levels, um, it, it was able to give me, you know, the perspective and the time to step back to start fresh. And, you know, a lot of changes obviously came into my life. My relationship ended, my, um, my gym closed because of COVID. Um, and I was able to reevaluate myself and and truly identify what my goal was in life again um, and I always wanted to be in healthcare and so this you know COVID um, pandemic was truly a blessing in disguise you know because everything has changed in my life since you know all the changes were concrete <laughs> and I, I moved back to Syracuse I got into a nursing program that's super competitive in Syracuse. Um, and it's been amazing, you know, so, so the fresh start, I guess, sorry, I talk a lot. If you need to cut me off ever, please, please tell me. Um, but the fresh start was truly just me getting back to who I am as a human being, you know, and being a goal oriented person, I needed a goal, you know, because running a gymnastics school was not, there was no goal. I didn't have a goal. I wasn't, pursuing greatness or excellence in any field. Um, so I'm excited to pursue excellence and greatness in nursing. And there are so many different things you can do with nursing that I'm excited to, to get on that journey. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's the gist of my, my post and the feeling of my post. It's a little hard for me to talk about, um, but you know, it's, it's definitely been a positive influence in my life. And since that post, things have gotten a lot better. My life has improved. So first of all, I don't know how it's affecting you. <laughs> I had, I, I, having you on to listen to you, people don't want to listen to me. So you talk as much as you want. Um, you, you said that since that post, which was very recently, 
I mean, I think yeah. weeks, weeks ago that, that life has improved dramatically. How so? Again, along with, with all of the changes that happened in my life, I had lost who I was, you know, and I, I had, had given up my personal identity, you know, and being able to focus on nursing school, having a goal, you know, I have reopened, a, actually, probably right when I put that post up, I also started um, to bodybuild a little bit, you know, I went out and I, you know, one of my friends, uh, his name is Biff Boswell, you know, he reached out and, you know, tried to help me through the transition in my life that was about to happen. And, you know, he suggested that I try bodybuilding, you know, and that it brings a lot of positivity into people's lives to go through changes, you know, like I was going through. And so I, my personal, sorry to just sidetrack for a minute, but my personal, you know, mantra or my, you know, my, I guess you can call it like my, my virtues, my, 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 my standard of living is just different than most because I truly just want to become the best that I can be, you know, in all different aspects of my life. So I guess it can be like my, you know, my guideline or my, my law, you know, Paul's law to rule his life, you know, that I'm, I personally must be pursuing greatness, you know, physically and fitness, mentally in education, you know, and that all started, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I made that post because I got into I got into the program, I had started class, I had started bodybuilding, you know, and I had started to see progress, you know, in school and in class and my education and my body started to transform and I started to gain my, you know, confidence back in who I was. And, you know, I, it took me a lot, you know, it took me four years, you know, to get to this place. Um, but truly, you know, it's been eye-opening groundbreaking and and quite honestly freeing you know you know getting all of the things done that i've been getting done you know and and the, the words are just flowing <laughs> the last the last five years it really sounds like you've had two moments um two or two periods where life turned upside down. I can imagine that yep. you have a goal, the 2016 uh, Summer Olympics. When that's over, life transformed. And then in the last few months, life transformed again. Take me back yep. to that four years ago where you are pursuing a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. Um, it doesn't materialize. And yeah, what the next couple of months looked and felt like for you. Yeah, you know, back to 2016, um, I was dealing with a pretty serious shoulder injury. Uh, I had just, I was super excited coming off 2015. I had made the world championships. I got to compete. Um, you know, we did great there. I definitely didn't perform at my best, but I had just suffered a, a big shoulder injury. And, you know, it was, again, like the pinnacle of my career you know it was the high point of my gymnastics career the year before the olympics i made world championships i was hoping to at least have earned a position on the the olympic team as an alternate you know i i, I definitely think that i deserve that 
I deserve that from the selection committee. And, and that's, I have a lot of anxiety and issues thinking about gymnastics now and, and all of my friends, you know, that I got to, you know, the people that I was living with, my friends from all over the world that, you know, got to go to the Olympics, you know, that I consider myself to be a better athlete than, you know, they went to the Olympics, they got Olympic medals, they made a ton of money, you know. So for me, that was my, that is what I watched, you know, after 2016, I watched my friends just their lives transform in such a positive way. And not that mine wasn't transforming in a positive way, because it was, you know, I got a great job. I got an apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey, you know, I was, I was really happy. Um, but it hurt, you know, that my entire life, I wanted this, and I thought that I deserved it. But, you know, there was nothing, there was truly nobody there to catch me when I fell. There was nobody. And I was, completely by myself. Um, I, you know, didn't know what to do with myself, you know, so I, I did, I took some time off, you know, as the Olympics was being aired, and I tried to, you know, get away from it. Um, and for a long time, I tried to just say that it was okay, you know, that I had, you know, I was like, you know, it's okay for me to have those feelings about gymnastics, but I shouldn't just let it control my life you know I should control my life and I should you know I was one of the world's best gymnasts and I should be proud of that and you know I can live in gymnastics I can coach in college I can open a gym you know and and live off of my gymnastics career but it wasn't until so along the way there was a point where I definitely recognized that I needed help um, emotionally and I enlisted help of which I I really wish that we had better policies for athletes that are retiring and coming, you know, into this transitional phase in their lives because I never got the help that I needed. It eventually found its way out. And when I, when I had the help, I realized, you know, I helped myself understand was that it was okay for me to have those feelings, you know, and it was okay for me to not want to be involved in something that will forever bring those feelings up, you know? So I felt guilty for a long time, you know, living in New York, having this gymnastics school, you know, on paper, I had everything, you know, I was married, I had a condo, um, I had a business um, in New York, but inside I was screaming and I was completely miserable with all aspects of my life. So um, I recognized that it's okay to feel a specific way um, about, anything. And I truly learned that, you know, my gut is the best judgment, source of judgment, or I guess I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say judgment, that's a negative word. I would say it's the best inner compass that we have, you know, our, our inner core, you know, your gut always knows what's right. And I think that's what people talk about when they say, you know, you got to pursue happiness, you know, you got to you got to do what makes you happy and do whatever you got to do. <clears throat> so for me, that's, that is how it kind of unfolded. You know, I watched everybody get everything that I ever wanted. And I told myself, I kind of just pushed those emotions that I was getting, you know, 
out of my head until I couldn't handle it anymore, you know, and, and I had so many other things on my plate, you know, in terms of a relationship or, you know, living in New York city with a business. And that's what it took for me to really unfold and revert back to Paul Ruggieri. You know, who am I, you know, I'm someone who values goals and education and knowledge and pursuing excellence physically, you know, so it's a really interesting story. You know, I wish I had written it down on like an outline before I started talking, but um, <clears throat> it really makes sense. And I just, I really hope that in the future, national governing bodies, the Olympic Committee start taking things like an athlete's career ending a little bit more seriously because I virtually had no resources at all at my fingertips. I was just expected to walk into the world and do God knows what, you know, because I always had gymnastics supporting me, you know, it's how I made money. It's how I made friends. It's how I traveled. It's how I got everything. And then it was gone, you know? So I truly hope they, you know, they start to, implement some changes that will address, you know, mental health of their, their athletes. You know, we hear about it in big professional sports all the time. I don't know. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, <clears throat> but for me, that, that is really kind of what happened, you know, and I'm being completely honest with you. And, you know, if anybody listening to this, you know, has gone through something similar or they, they feel similarly to me, you know, and, you know, it's been awesome watching. I'm just saying you can reach out to me, basically, <laughs> social media, um, anything you need to do, you know, you can reach out to me. But, you know, the the film on Netflix about Maggie Nichols yeah. is really kind of what, you know, it just, it resonates with me so much. You know, if you go and look at the numbers, she was six at Olympic trials. She got screwed. In 2012, I was six at the Olympic trials. I didn't get picked. 2016, I was seventh at Olympic trials. didn't get picked. You know, like, that was my life. That was my legacy in gymnastics, you know, but it's not all that, that I am, you know, so. Yeah. The, 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 the film that you're talking about is called athlete a, which is, uh, every, yeah. everybody should go take a look at that on Netflix. Okay. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back with more from Paul Ruggieri. And here's more with former team USA gymnast, Paul Ruggieri. How, how did you ultimately get from there to here? And I know we've talked about kind of where you were and where you are now. What was it that triggered in you the ability to recognize what was depression and right. so find a way I, out of it? Yep. So what happened to me is exactly this. I was lost, like completely lost. And I didn't have that inner compass anymore. And I allowed people, I don't really want to name people, but I allowed people to come into my life that seemed to be super positive influences on my life and that seemed to want what was best for me. But really, they didn't know what was best for me. I'm the only one that can know what's best for me. I'm sure that makes sense to, to you. Of course. Um, and so I allowed myself to be involved, not, not, 
socially, but in my immediate close friendships, relationships with people who were pretty overbearing and controlling. And I did that because of gymnastics. My whole life, I was training and someone was telling me what to do every day. Until I was a 28-year-old man, I woke up and I had a training plan from somebody else. And I had a nutritional plan from somebody else. And I had a schedule from somebody else. So I thought that out in my friendships, in my relationships. And obviously that's self-destructive <laughs> and not a positive thing. So it's really interesting, you know, for me to be able to look back and to reflect. And it, you know, it did take the help, you know, of a therapist for me to realize all of these things. But if you take, you know, the last two to three years out of, or I guess go back to 2016, you know, I evaluate my life, you know, it was really awesome. <laughs> I had a great life. I had a great career. I had great friends. I had great experiences. My life was stable. And then it all fell apart when I started looking for people to control my life for me or when I, I didn't even realize that I was doing it. You know, I didn't even realize, you know, that by me taking a job in a gymnastics school and then really what was happening was I was being heavily influenced um, to make that decision. And I really should have listened to my inner compass and valued the values that I did my whole life. Does that make sense? Of course, it's. Uh, I, I think this is a common theme for people who have been elite athletes for a long time, and and they're they struggle to during that time build real relationships with with friends outside of their sport, romantic relationships. Yep. They get used to the grind of sports, and and when that's over, that's it. I think it's it's not uncommon for people to really struggle. And particularly, yep. you know, for somebody like you who had a dream and gosh, you, you thought you had that dream in your hand and, and it didn't materialize. Yep. And I can only imagine ah, how much more that complicated the whole journey for you. Yep. You're exactly right. It did. <laughs> it was complicated. On top of all of that, so yeah. I first reached out to you in 2014, and uh, yeah, you were you weren't ready to talk Sorry. to me. <laughs> what? Oh no, please. Um, but you've mentioned your marriage, and and yeah. I've always wanted to talk to you just about being a uh, you know a, not just being gay and navigating elite uh, athlete, being an elite athlete, but also. I mean, your relationship and, 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 and I don't, I know you probably don't want to get into specifics, but you all ultimately got yeah. married and, and yeah. just kind of, what can you share about that? And, and um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to pry into personal stuff you don't want to talk about, but it's just interesting that you, you know, you, you went from not wanting to talk about this years ago to married and, 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 yeah. and I just, 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 I think an interesting part of your journey. Yeah. Well, Sid, this can be explained by. I guess, rewording the whole first part of the interview, to be honest. And what was happening was I gave other people power in my life and I allowed others 
to influence me and I wasn't making decisions on my own, you know? So for me to have just gotten married, you know, I, I, I got married very, very quickly. And that is not something that I ever would have done. You know, I, I never would have just gotten married, you know, if I was stable and had control of my life and I was valuing my values, you know, because stability and having a goal, and I'm not saying, you know, people get married all the time after knowing each other for not very long. Um, so I, you know, I tried to, you know, justify all the decisions that I was making, but they certainly, I knew from the very beginning that, you know, it was not who I was, you know, it just, you know, for me to do that, you know, you knew me, you know, it's not that I didn't want to talk about it. It's that I guess maybe I wasn't ready at that time said, you know, so apologies sure. for not, not coming oh, out and speaking oh, to you. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa. There's <laughs> no apologies. Everyone yeah, yeah. is on their own. There's no judgment from me or anybody else about good, good, good. No, no, well, no, no, well, no, no, no. Please don't take it as that. It's, it's just good. part of the conversation. And 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 uh, yeah, I've got. I hope you don't feel bad about that. You 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 don't owe anyone anything. No, you know. Sometimes I feel bad for not. I guess for not being true to myself. I mean, it's not that I wasn't being true to myself. I. My belief when I was an athlete was that I never hid who I was from people. I was obviously gay. Everybody knew me as such. And I didn't go, you know, posting about it. You know, it just wasn't a part of me. Um, it didn't make me comfortable to do that, you know. And so um, I do. Reg I wish I had a little bit more, <laughs> you know, of an intense or, get or I guess like strong personality but you know i'm getting there you know I'm, I'm really getting there and i'm I'm learning to embrace more of who i am and like there's nothing wrong with me for wanting to be a goal-oriented person <laughs> you know there there's nothing wrong with me for not wanting wanting to you know run a gymnastic school and for me wanting to go back to school and to learn how to be a nurse you know like those these decisions that i'm making you know have been really freeing and again bringing me back to my my individual self and my identity is the word i'm looking for um uh, i'm curious you know you were living in the new york city area and now you're living in yeah. syracuse um is yeah. there is is there a big gay community in syracuse new york or is that just not even on the radar screen no you know honestly i retreated back here um because my life was completely out of control in terms of a relationship, in terms of my business, obviously it was not my fault. You know, COVID definitely caused a lot of issues, you know, for, for all, gymna all, all gymnastics schools around the country. There's countless people closing and going under. Same thing with fitness facilities. And, you know, so for me, there was just so much going on that I truly needed you know, I needed some stability. And for me to come to Syracuse and be surrounded by my family in the place that I grew up, you know, I am very close with my family. You know, one of my values definitely is, you know, my family and, and being around them because, you know, my athletic career took me around the world, took me around the country. So I didn't have a lot, you know, I was still close to my siblings and my parents um, and my you know, other people in my family, 
but I never really got to be physically located near to them, you know? So I think with COVID, with my relationship ending, um, with my career completely restarting, I kind of think that being home, there's no better place than being home to slow down and reflect and identify who, you know, this is where I took that time, you know, to really identify who I am and who I want to be. Um, So truly that's how I ended up in Syracuse. Um, And, and I'm really lucky and I'm thankful to have a family that understands, you know, the changes that I'm going through. You know, my, my family was supportive of me opening the gym. They were supportive of me getting married. They were supportive of me, supporting of me, having you know those loose ends tied up um you know they they definitely have been there every step of the way to to support me um so i'm so lucky to have people in my life that know so much about me and that know what i went through and um i couldn't imagine doing it any other place to be honest so you know syracuse you know, I know we, we talked a little bit before and I know you want to go into a little bit about, you know, like me and how I navigate, you know, the LGBT uh, community, um, you know, in and out of sport. And, you know, I truly like the LGBT community is evolving and it's changing so much, you know, so much is online now, so much is, you know, in big cities. Yes. Um, but a lot of a lot of the things, you know, that are, that exist in a big city that a lot of people like definitely conflict with my values as a human being as well. You know, so I, I didn't particularly enjoy living in New York City. I didn't particularly, particularly enjoy being in pieces of the gay community that I was exposed to while being in my relationship. And, you know, I, again, wanted to get back to my core values of who I am as a person. What do I, what do I value? You know, like I would love to have a family, you know, I would love to have a house and have a boat on a lake, you know, up in upstate New York, because that's how I grew up. And those are the things that, that I, that I miss. And people, someone said to me once that, everybody is either chasing what they never had or trying to recreate what they had. And um, I had a really good childhood, Sid, like a really, really good childhood. I'm not saying that I was spoiled or wealthy or in any way, you know, my dad was a contractor and my mom was a teacher, but the quality of life that I had growing up in Syracuse, New York, far exceeds the quality of life that I had, you know, living in downtown Manhattan. Um, And I know it's all about values and what you value and what every person values. Um, And and I'm not, I'm not necessarily convinced that I'll be here forever, but I definitely know that my family's here. Basically all my immediate family is here. I also know that your family is one of the, I'm lucky enough to have a family that, I, that I can relate to and that does support me. And my family is one of my my values and one of the most important things in my life. You know, so while I may travel a bit, you know, and, and still be involved in the community, I think home base for me probably will be Syracuse um, going forward. 
um, unless somebody sweeps me off my feet and <laughs> takes me somewhere else. But um, I don't think that will be happening anytime soon. <laughs> Always got to leave that as a possibility. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, we only have a couple minutes left, Paul. I just wanted to thank sure. you for 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 uh, for being part of this and for opening up. And these kinds of conversations are never easy, but. I know that every time yeah. they happen, somebody else learns and feels better about themselves because yep. the struggles that people go through, particularly former elite athletes, are very, very real. So I just appreciate you being so yeah. willing to be open and honest with me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Paul, real quick, how I can – I know you have your family supporting you, but is there any way other than maybe a, a, an Instagram follow and a, and a couple likes that people can support you? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I just recently started a YouTube channel. Um, I started focusing on fitness and like travel, vlogging, um, and nursing. Um, and then I've been educating myself just about the value of YouTube and social media. And I actually, you may or may not realize I did go in and delete my old, my old Instagram. I just, I wanted to, to restart and prove to myself, you know, that I was something other than just a gymnast. Um, so I got rid of my, my old Instagram account and, and I restarted a new one. So please find me on Instagram. Please find me on YouTube. You know, I've been having a lot of fun, you know, uh, making videos about, you know, my travels in the mountains and being in upstate New York and how beautiful of a place it is, because I think a lot of people don't realize how truly beautiful the Adirondack mountains are and yep. upstate New York has a lot to offer. So I've been doing a lot of stuff on there. Please give me a follow on YouTube. Um, I don't know exactly my username. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll, we'll link to it and uh, make sure you can yeah. that way. But Paul, thank, thank you. Uh, you thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. If you need anything else, let me know. You can follow Paul Ruggieri on Instagram at paul.ruggieri.iii. So it's paul.ruggeri.iii. That's Paul Ruggieri Third. Get him there. You can probably just search for Paul Ruggieri and he'll come up. Same with YouTube. Just search for Paul Ruggieri, R-U-G-G-E-R-I, and he'll come up. And I, I, I do regret that Paul felt the need to apologize for not coming out in 2014. Everybody has their own journey. I think we all understand and accept that. It wasn't the right time for him for whatever reason, but it's the right time now to talk more about this and that will inspire other people. So Paul, just appreciate you, appreciate the time you spent. Thank you for listening to this week's Five Rings to Rule Them All. Come back next week for more conversation about LGBTQ issues in and around Olympic sports. We'll talk to you then.